You should view your spiritual work as learning to live without stress, problems, fear, and drama. You know, melodrama. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for another spiritual tune-up. Hope you had a great weekend. Happy Monday to one and all. Love this question. It's about doing the work, spiritually speaking. Mike, what if life feels useless? For the past few weeks, I feel like I'm living aimlessly. Life goes on, I work and try to be healthy, but it feels so useless sometimes. Then I think of baby steps like going outside or reading a book, but then I think why? How can you feel good again in a dull time? All right. So, hey, you know, we all go through this. First thing I want to say is, you know, uh, I hope you're being gentle with yourself and I hope you're not labeling yourself. I hope you're not thinking everyone else has got it going on but me. It's like nobody's got it going on. This is kindergarten. We're all lost in space right now, so to speak. But there's glimmers of hope and true love showering down upon us. And so a little bit of spiritual work is at hand. I'm going to give you a little bit of theory first. And with the theory, I want to share a Michael Singer quote. He wrote a couple of fabulous books, um, The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul. Oh my gosh, I so recommend those books, okay? So if you've got some time on your hands, life is dull, read his books. But he said, and this is so profound, I believe, one should view their spiritual work. Now, how do you view it? What is spiritual work? Meditation, uh, yoga, becoming a vegan, all great things, but that's not spiritual work, okay? You should view your spiritual work as learning to live without stress, problems, fear, and drama. You know, melodrama. Okay, drama can be good, but that's your spiritual work. That's everyone's spiritual work. Everyone is dealing with these things. So are you. So am I. I feel like Groundhog Day with this COVID stuff working out of my home. Uh, to this day, I feel like, here we go again. <laughs> uh, but it's an invitation to go a little bit further within with loving, gentle, caring concerns, thoughts, uh, and actions to take. So, a little bit more theory, and then I'm going to dive into some concrete things you can immediately begin doing. With some contemplation and go there, just like you're asking me, ask yourself. You'll be astounded at what you find. And, and it's the most obvious of things. If life were only easy, if your life was just really easy, it wouldn't be worth living. Now, I know that with enlightenment comes ease and joy and bliss. Uh, I, I'm not talking about 
the enlightenment sense of bliss. I'm talking about easy street. I'm talking about wanting to avoid challenges. Enlightenment does not mean you're challenge free. It's just that you see them as an invitation for fun. So easy in the way that we typically want it when the lions and tigers and bears show up it is not all that it's cracked up to be. It's total boredom. That's where you're at right now. Your life is pretty easy, if I may say, and I know nothing about your life, but, but this is a first world problem, right? So consider the theory here that, that you feel pinched or poked it is normal. It's healthy. It's your invitation for a leg up to see farther and better than you have ever seen before. Without challenges and even problems, life would not be worth living. If everything you wanted just showed up, if you won the lottery every weekend, everybody fawned on you in every room you walked into, you'd be like, this is stupid. I don't want to be here. You wanted it to be the way it now is because that's going to lead you down the path to think new thoughts. And yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. It kind of sucks. I got to think new thoughts, ask new questions. Yeah, do it. Because it's not as if you ask one question, get its answer, another one shows up and it's perpetually this hamster treadmill. It's an upward spiral. The questions, the challenges, the pokes, they become fewer and fewer. You begin looking forward to them. Give me a challenge. Come on, man. I wish I could do that all over again. I could show other people how to do it while I'm doing it kind of thing. Now, here's the funny thing. When we recognize, as you're capable, as we're all capable of doing, that challenges are juice and they promise a vantage point we've never had before. When, when we can intellectualize and feel that, we very typically look at other people's challenges and think, I could deal with that. Oh, those so silly. Don't they see the obvious? And we think, yeah, challenges. They need to be brought up so that they can see better. And I could do that. But when it's your own challenge and the challenge is like low grade, first world, boredom, hopelessness, aimless, um, so what? That's an awesome challenge. So this is the gift you have been given right now. And don't just look at other people's challenges. Look at your own low grade or high grade or manic depression as an invitation for true enlightenment. Okay. You ask the question, why? You're like, what's the point? Maybe I should take some baby steps or read a book. Why? If you're in the why mode, like you're just like to everything, you have it within you. Challenge yourself. You have it within you to see the beauty, the staggering, shocking, mind-numbing beauty of living in these hollowed jungles, hallowed, not hollow, hallowed jungles of time and space. You have the ability to blow and fry every circuit in your mind. Read a book on photosynthesis, the birds and the bees and the honey, uh, all of that stuff. Go out there, take this challenge, just revel. Go for a walk in the park and there's a bird and a bee and a tree and the, the, the symbiotic relationships are everywhere and you're part of that symbiotic relationship. Challenge yourself to see the beauty and, and, and this is for me too. Challenge yourself to see and feel the love, 
the love that put you here, the love that invited you, the love that called to you, the love that is now showering upon you. And take that love and, and spread it. Smile to a complete stranger. Smile at a child in the playground as you walk by. Just let it come out of you and be that conduit, okay? That's why. And you have the ability to know the answer to your why. Okay, so let's move out of theory and very quickly go into your assignment. This is your spiritual homework right now. For everybody watching, it's so easy. Baby cakes. We're living our lives in kindergarten. Imagine. Wonder. Visualize. In your own way, with your eyes open, listening to music in the dark, sitting lotus style, walking through the park. Wonder. What else life holds in store for you? Wonder what kind of friends are coming down the pike. Wonder what kind of juicy challenges are going to give you a leg up because you're going to master them. Are you going to be a teacher? Are you going to be a comforter? Are you going to be a doer? Are you going to be a writer? Wonder. I want you to wonder. Sometimes when we're feeling stale, we're just so in the confines of the room we're in, we forget of of all that's out there in the world that's just waiting for our presence. So simply wonder, daydream, visualize the infinite possibilities that are out there. Maybe visualize becoming clairvoyant. Maybe visualize going out of body. Maybe visualize uh, an African safari in the Maasai Mara. Maybe visualize coming on a Tutwal tour. I would love to get to know you better. Let's go to Scotland in the fall. All of a sudden, your mind, when you wonder with curiosity and imagination, your world starts expanding, even though it's the same old, same old right here for now, but that's going to pass. So that's your assignment number one, wonder. Number two, go within. Journal. Ask yourself big questions. Ask for your spirit guides and angels. Contemplate. Think. Ask. How else can I view my situation? How else can I spark change? How else can I see the love that's everywhere? How else can I engage reality? How else can I find um, challenge uh, to be interesting and rewarding? Okay? So, go within. Number three, show up out in the world. I've kind of implied that. Play, entertain yourself, amuse yourself, go out with friends, call an old friend, diversify. Diversify your dreams. Start thinking about something else than, you know, either the romance or the money or the career. Think about other ways of broadening your horizons. Really do this. Go out and do this. Out into the world, out the front door if you can, beyond just the internet. Although the internet's a good second uh, option, but get out into the world. Join a rotary club, join a service club, volunteer somewhere, go get a second job, go work in hospice, go uh, be a, a, a adopt stray animals, be a foster parent for animals. Um, take baby steps towards your present dreams. Prepare for your dreams coming true. Get your house in order. Okay, Romeo's coming, but how are the finances? Or the finances are here, but are you ready for Romeo? Get ready. Come up with plans. Do stuff. Another idea, take a course. Learn a language. Duolingo on your cell phone. That's how I'm mastering Spanish. Um, start projects that are easy and fun around the house, out in the garden, knitting, crochet. Join a club. Link up with other people doing the same thing. Number four out of five, make plans or a vision board. Make a vision board just for post-pandemic, post-COVID, post 
social distancing, make plans and or make a vision board filled with places you're going to go and things you're going to do. And once you've got that vision, start preparing now indoors so that you'll be ready post-pandemic. And number five, as you already suggested, read read spiritual stuff. Um, rec- reading, recreational reading, I guess is what I was going to tell you. Read, read, read. I'm surrounded by books during these last two years. I've never been a reader until these last two years. And the stuff I'm finding is blowing my mind about enlightenment, self-realization, the help and the support that's everywhere. I think I've told many people already, I'll tell you, here's a good book tip. It's a very, very, very short book. Almost nobody in the world has ever talked about it. It was a random Amazon suggestion for me. Two Crystals from Lumoria. Two Crystals from Lumoria. L-E-M-U-R-I-A, I believe. I don't have the author's name. Get past the first 10 pages. There's only 40 left and it takes off. Okay, so that's going to expand your mind spiritually. So do some spiritual reading notes from the universe. If you go to tut.com, at the bottom of the home page, my home page, there's resources and my recommended reading list. I haven't even put two crystals there yet. So there's some spiritual work and the spiritual work should first apply to getting out of the melodrama, the, 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 you know, the, the feelings that you are expressing in your question, feeling hopeless. What's the point? This is your spiritual work. And you ask the question, good on you. Prepare to be astounded. You've got guides. You're being pushed on to greatness every day. Your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. So, Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Broken hearts and second chances. Oh, I wish I didn't have the experience to speak on this, but then again, I'm glad I do. Because for whatever we've been through, we become so much more than than we were before we went through it. But first, the question. Mike, I'm struggling with letting go of the hurt I've been feeling for far too long over a friend cutting me completely out of her life. I'd been working on myself spiritually and asked the universe to help me release anything that no longer serves my highest good. I kind of feel like this may be a case of, you know, you asked for it. Like the friend was removed because it doesn't serve your higher good. I want to know what did I do wrong that was so awful, so hurtful to my friend? What would make her walk away so easily, feeling as if I didn't matter? I don't want to feel like this anymore, but I don't know how to really let go and help. And any help would be appreciated. Now, this applies to so many circumstances, not just relationships, not just to heartache. um, But whenever you're looking back over your shoulder with longing, there's always something being missed. And it brings to mind a note from the universe that I'm actually sharing with my Infinite Possibility members today in a workshop. But let me borrow it and share it with you. It's one of my all-time favorites that speaks to exactly this. Lost opportunity or what we believe was lost opportunity. There was nothing lost. While it's often fashionable to dwell upon what might have been, What's usually overlooked is that really and truly, it couldn't have. It couldn't have been 
the way you thought it was. Because invariably, any romanticized versions of how things might have been are based upon fictionalized versions of the past. Uh Uh-oh, the universe. The PS clears it up, okay? You see, most of the time when people think the present could have been different than it is, it's because they think the past was different than it was. Happily, the future can still be anything when you surrender to the details and who has to do what. Do you get that? Do you get that? I remember my bleeding heart after a relationship ended. Oh, it could have been what was missed, the lost opportunities that will never be. But the whole premise of what it could have been was totally crap. It could not have been that. It wasn't even a good relationship to begin with, but I wanted it to be better. And I could see in my mind, say, oh, it's going to go here. And the possibilities are there. But when you're dealing with some specific other people, when you're dealing with anybody, you cannot control how they choose to live their lives, what the rate at which they choose to evolve. You're out of the picture. You can only hope for the best. And if they don't, Um, level up, then the universe will bring you somebody else unless you're attached to them, trying to change them, trying to manipulate them, trying to make them be something they never were. But you've got this romanticized version, I did, in my mind. And oh, we could have been so happy. You never could have been so happy. It was not written. They were not ready. Their happiness is defined by their unhappiness. That's how they're happy when they're really unhappy. And for you to think, oh, we could have lived happily ever after is the biggest lie of all. You never could have lived happily ever after. They're not your cup of tea. They're not where you are. They never will be in this lifetime be where you are. Oh, is that a lost opportunity in and of itself? No. There's so many other people out there that are so awesome and perfect for you friends, lovers, partners, wives, people you'll bring into the world as your children. Oh my God, the world is just brimming with opportunity, with happy, shiny faces that are in alignment with you, in resonance with you, and that will slightly poke you here and there to call you up to a higher level. So don't be in this false lie of a vision that was your past thinking that there was a lost opportunity. In these sacred jungles of time and space, there's no such thing as a lost opportunity. Never, never would divine put you here in a place where, oh, you missed your chance. No way. There's a better one coming. The last one was just training wheels. That last person, that last friend, that one who walked out on you, they were your practice for the good stuff that's just around the corner. You are so poised for greatness. Give yourself some time to heal. Uh, Get up, dust yourself off, go back out there, uh, diversify your life, get busy, and the day will come for you as it did for me. You're gonna be like, I escaped with my life. Thank God that didn't go any further. It was bad and rotten from the beginning. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy hump day. Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Great question here. Is life a test of devotion to God and others? 
If we're goody two-shoes now, will we live happily ever after in heaven? Must we sacrifice joy in the moment, the desires of our flesh to be accepted to the gates of heaven? Specifically, Mike, my grandfather tells me I must be selfless. I need to put the needs of others before my own. He has rules because they're God's rules for each day of the week of what to eat, what not to eat, when to eat it, who to marry, who not to marry, when you can have sex, when you can't have sex. And if we give our lives to God, we will be rewarded. Mike, can you, can you give me your take on this? Happily, happily, happily. First of all, virtually all those kinds of rules are man-made fear-based. Yet, by the end of this short little talk, this tune-up, I'm going to show you that there is something very profound there. But getting to it is not going to be through any conventional way of putting the needs of others before your own. There are no rules. There are no tests. We're all walking each other home, as Ram Dass said. We're all pre-qualified for heaven forever and ever and ever. We're eternal beings. You can't get it wrong. Do not be thinking that there's God's way in your way, the right way, the wrong way. Everyone passes. Everyone gets to live again. Everyone is here discovering their power and the beauty at our fingertips. It's all happening inside of the heart of God. You cannot get this wrong. And the bigger picture of this is you are literally God's last and only chance to experience these jungles of time and space through your lens, through your feelings, with your heart, seeing through your eyes. This opportunity has never come before and it will never be replicated in the future. You are God's one and only chance to experience these jungles as you. You are who God most wanted to be. And God did not want to be you so that you could put my needs ahead of yours or anybody else's needs ahead of yours. That's totally fear-based thinking. But given that we're coming out of these very primitive times, spiritually speaking, and given that we can all see that people can make some pretty wacky choices that do not serve them, it's no wonder that men or men and women, the mere mortal, tries to tell their child, like I would love to tell my daughter, um, you know, no more YouTube TV, no more Justin Bieber. I just want you to kind of walk the line, toe the line, and, and, and stay out of trouble. So do this and don't do that and go here and don't go there and pray so many times here and so many times there. It's like, it's just a rote it's just a small-minded way to try to keep people from the adventures of their own wandering mind, their own curiosity. They might get into trouble. They might do something they regret. So small-mindedly, we tell them, don't go there. We feel like if, if they're running a script that God gave them, they're going to stay out of trouble. All right. Now, let me speak to the obvious. Self-control does pay dividends, okay? That doesn't mean be selfless your whole life, but, but being mindful not only of short-term pleasures, but long-term gains. Hey, 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 why not pursue both short-term and long-term? And yes, that might mean 
you, you know, you need to read another book instead of listen to another song. But the dividends are immense. And that doesn't mean don't listen to songs, don't party, don't have a good time. But let there be balance and moderation. Go both ends to the middle. Short-term pleasures balanced with long-term games, gains. And here's the thing that I really wanted to kind of convey. Particularly in light of all that I've read in the last two years and uh, the Ken Carey books, the Starseed Transmissions, Return of the Bird Tribes, describing the utopian world that is, that is just a breath away from all of us right now. And they describe the nature of reality in the most poetic way. Ken Carey is the author of a series of books. Um, that, that this physical spirit, this physical world, um, the, the dream was to inhabit it. Spirit on the outside wanted to play on the inside of this magnificent creation, this bastion of order and perfection. And so to do that, spirit comes alive Earth comes alive as a physical mortal being, you and I, not taking away the fact that this is entirely a spiritual game, but to be alive within the physical illusions, we have become physical ourselves. And it was so intoxicating and so mind-boggling and so awe-inspiring that, that these new creations of God, if you want to call it like that, or, or spirit come alive in flesh, would get so wrapped up and mesmerized by the illusions that they'd forget to eat, they'd walk off a cliff. They needed intelligence that was resident within the physical matter, hence the mind, hence the birth of the ego. But the ego was never meant to, to overwhelm and ignore the heart-based intuition the spiritual pulse of our greater self that is in constant communication with us, yet crawling out of the caves and being equally awed with the grandeur, as much as our spiritual self was awed, our ego is awed. We're just like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Oh, lion, tiger, bear, run, hide. Oh, friends, laughter, good stuff, juicy fruit. Um, the forbidden apple, you know, that's a whole nother tangent that was totally misunderstood. But now we've got this resident-based intelligence, our mind, operated by our ego, that thinks we are all that. And it was meant to save us, and it has, from being mesmerized to the point of self-harm and self-injury. But we have, we have negated and blocked out the, this font of wisdom that provides infallible guidance at every juncture through our feelings, through our heart, through our intuition. This is what you could well call the God within each of us, each of us. And it is this God who most wanted to be Mike and you and every one of us. And it is this spark of the divine that we are one with not that we are not hearing or even aware of at this state in our adventure. If and when, and we're on the cusp of this, that I'm even talking about this, that I've got people listening, that there are great books about it, we can quiet our chattering mind and calm our ego. The ego is priceless and it's one of your best friends. It just wasn't supposed to pilot the plane. It's the co-pilot, okay? 
When we can calm the ego and we can allow guidance and intuition and heartfelt knowing, spontaneous illumination, be aware of all things, suddenly there's going to be this connection of magnificence and beauty and guidance. And our higher selves will be communicating to us what is absolutely best for our joy, our pleasure, uh, absolutely everything, all the cylinders firing. And our ego is going to be like, yeah, 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 that's exactly what I wanted to say. And suddenly there will be this synchronization of our mind and God's will. And this is what perhaps, or maybe it was just uh, fortuitous, our ancestors man-made rules, fear-based, maybe we're getting a sense of that if we can calm our mind and, and be moved by spirit, by God, if we can be guided by God, then we will live happily ever. We will. We're, we're going to live happily ever after anyway. But if you want to avoid the confusion and the heartbreak and the resentment and the jealousy and all those mortal-based, fear-based um, torture traps that are products of a limited mind and an ego that thinks time is fleeting. If you want to be born again and free of all of that, learn to quiet your ego, learn to listen to your heart, learn to be still and receive infallible guidance that constantly knows who and where everyone else is, the likely trajectories of their life, whose dreams will complement yours and which dreams of yours will complement theirs. And suddenly we have divine intelligence operating and leading us through our lives. This is where we're going. This, is, this was the design and this is what we're on the cusp of. And this is what you can untap right now. It's always been right there. And so... In this way, not the way your grandfather meant, in this way, we can be led by divine source energy every step of our lives, which isn't going to mean put the needs of others before your own, which doesn't mean that you're supposed to be selfless. You're going to be self-full. You're going to be so full of yourself in a beautiful way, automatically considering the needs of others because they are an extension of yourself. That your light will shine on the brighten, shine and brighten the paths of others who are not yet at your vibration. It's such a beautiful place that we're going. It's such a beautiful place that we already are. Think not that there's rules. Think not that there's must. You already won the game. We're all kind of in the winner's circle already. And now we're just kind of dusting ourselves off. Uh, going to learn how to read the owner manual for infallible guidance. I highly recommend the Ken Carey books, Return of the Bird Tribes, or the best one, The Third Millennium, uh, if, if this resonates with you. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up, and this is a fun question for me to answer. I hope it's fun for you to hear. Mike, can I cherry pick my religion? Oh, you so can cherry pick your religion, but maybe I'm not the person you should ask. Maybe it's the, 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 the parish elders or the imam or the rabbi that you should ask. I was raised a Catholic. 
every weekend church, every weekend CCD classes. I am not a Catholic today, but yet I'll still do the sign of the cross once or twice a year, maybe in a low moment or a moment of desperation or a moment of celebration. I'll still pray on my knees if I'm really scared. Um, Anything that gives you comfort, grab it, run with it, love it, celebrate it. And it doesn't matter if it came from old school religion or not. Specifically, here's the question I was posed with today. Mike, I was raised a Catholic, but for over the year, but for me, over the years, religion turned into spirituality. I believe and practice the law of attraction and all that stuff. However, I still feel a comfort when praying the rosary or praying to Mother Mary. Is it okay to pick and choose or mix and match? Again, according to me, it's absolutely okay. And here is why. Religion and spirituality are synonymous probably to most people on earth. But with a little bit of a shallow dive, it doesn't take much to see that they have very little in common. In fact, spirituality and religion do not make good bedfellows. Okay, it's like politics and spirituality. They just do not go hand in hand 99% of the time. Let's look at it objectively, and I don't mean to rub any feathers the wrong way here, but uh, religion, man-made, indisputably man-made, fear-based, rules-driven, and exclusionary. The, the overlying uh, premise of a religion is you are with us or you're going to hell. But we love you anyway. It's like that's a religious perspective that some people would go to hell. Why? Because judge, God is judgmental and they committed sins. They're not perfect. They didn't ask for forgiveness. All these rules. It, it is totally fear-driven. Now, Generally, not always, but generally for most folks, spirituality means a very different thing. There's even a checkbox in the dating websites back when I used to date. Uh, it says spiritual, not religious. That makes a lot of sense. You can be one and not the other. In fact, is it's easier to be one without the other. Spirituality, open, loving, very few rules, and forgiving. And actually... The whole notion of forgiving is only necessary if first there was condemnation and judgment. And, and spirituality doesn't feel like that. Spirituality is live and let live. Um, religion, on the other hand, is all about judgment. Uh, again, this is not to be against religion. But with a shallow dive, we see it has always been man-made and born of noble intent to explain the unexplainable, to appreciate that there's more going on than what the physical senses uh, perceives. But whenever we create or search for answers in realms that we cannot see in these primitive times, we taint our view and our perceptions based on our beliefs at the time. And if life is hard and um, people are jerks, well, then that's how we're going to think God is. Well, you know, God must be pretty pissed off because I'd be pissed off. And so we have all of a sudden give birth to an angry, jealous God, according to the Old Testament. So there's very little they have in common. But truth, there is a truth in all matters. It's objective. It is benign. It is always empowering. 
Truth is what we're all after. And as I have shared a couple times before in the past couple of years in these tune-ups, I have a little litmus test to divine whether or not um, truth is uh, what is being talked about. If somebody presents an idea to you, like the devil is angry, God is jealous, there's a little test here to discern whether or not it's true. First, the idea being presented to you ought to either speak of life's beauty or your beauty or speak of your power. Anything For any concept to be true, in the absolute sense, for everyone, it either speaks of your beauty or speaks of your power and it leaves no one behind under any circumstances. So if you're beautiful, then everyone's beautiful. If you're powerful, then everyone's powerful. No matter what they believe, no matter whether or not they agree, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, then if we're talking beauty and power and it applies to everybody, we're probably talking truth. And as I said, the ultimate truths can be whittled down to just a few. You know, we're all one. There's only love. It's all God. Life is eternal. Time's an illusion. Thoughts become things. You get what you think about. Done. And then there's tangent truths to that, like cooperation, um, integration, uh, working together, uh, patience. These are all virtues that help the jungles of time and space play out so that you can get what you're thinking about. All right. Here's another thing that you can do when it comes to cherry picking. And I think this is like, this is like crazy. This would probably drive any very religious person insane. And this is not my intent, but just ponder. Maybe this is your challenge for today. Ponder every empowering idea you have ever heard that God loves everybody no matter what, that there's no judgment, that we're all forever beings, that everyone gets a second chance. Ponder every great thing you've ever heard from any religion about loving your brother and uh, like you love yourself. Ponder every great empowering notion. Leave all the other stuff that's kind of gray area, fuzzy, not serving, kind of scary. Leave it all behind. And there you have a cherry picking pie that speaks and brims of truth. It's like, take all the good you have ever heard, all the second chances, new romances, and put that into your cake. All of that is true. Anything you have ever heard about the devil, about hell, about human weakness, about being born bad, being born broken, being born a sin, all of that, flush it down the toilet. Flush it down the toilet where it belongs. I'm sorry. It's all good. This is a bastion, a realm in the cosmos where everyone wins and you could only be here listening to this alive on planet earth if you had already passed all the tests you had already been judged immortal divine worthy of all that you can ever hope for and now you get your training wheels it's kindergarten you're in the winner's circle to discover anew that you're a natural born creator, that all the elements are conspiring on your behalf, that you're pushed on to greatness every day, that your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. This is where we are right now. So anything that doesn't appear to be love, and I know there's a lot of ugliness out there. There's a lot more love, but there's a lot of ugliness. Anything ugly is love confused. 
And it is. We knew it would be like that when we showed up. And we, we were asked, do you still want to go? There's going to be some ugly. Oh, it's going to be some real ugly. But there's going to be a ton of love. Do you want to go? And we're like, sign me up. I'm there, man. It's going to play out inside the heart of God. I want to be part of that. So cherry pick. Cherry pick everything when it comes to truth. And it needs to embolden you, empower you, and leave nobody behind. And you're golden. Jumbo and happy Friday, fellow adventurers. Time for a spiritual tune-up. And this one is about the ultimate prayer. Question, Mike, who should we pray to? The universe, God, the angels, our spirit guides. The list goes on and on. And how? And in what way? Well, this is the week of uh, religion, quasi-religion, spirituality. So I thought this would be the perfect question to answer today. Thanks so much for posting your questions below on Facebook and Instagram on the day of a live broadcast. Uh, the ultimate prayer has got to be thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, unending. Really, things couldn't possibly be any better than the way they are right now. I would often, at, at the end of a, a day-long workshop uh, in front of a, a live audience, I would ask, you know, hey, I, I, wanna, I wanna suggest that if you could, if you really understood today's material, I've got one question for you. If you really understood today's material and you could wish for absolutely anything, from God, the angels, your genie, and a magic lamp, if you could make one wish, I know exactly what that wish would be. If you understood today, there's only one thing anybody could possibly wish for if they understand the nature of reality. They would wish for things to be exactly as they now are in this bastion of order, where we play out our drama in the heart of God, where our thoughts become things, our words give us wings, we're inclined to succeed, pushed on to greatness, positive thoughts, 10,000 times more powerful than negative thoughts. What could be better? This is where we live right now. And with that kind of realization, or even a little taste of that kind of realization, that would put you immediately in a space of gratitude. A gratitude for your power. A gratitude for the lessons that are playing out. A gratitude for the challenge that just dropped into your life that's going to help you soar like you could have never soared in, soared in any other way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and not, to, not to take away from the fun of living deliberately and pattern interrupt. Uh, make a wish come true. Have an idea manifested. Hey, that's your prerogative and you can do it. And so you don't have to just be uh, an unending gratitude for fearing that nothing's going to change because you're just already set. You know, if you have an idea for a car, a friend, a career, a book, a story, a poem, go for it. Thoughts become things. Think about it. Go to manipulate it. See the end result and give thanks in advance of the imminent inevitable manifestation of that which you are now desiring. Again, gratitude comes into play. Gratitude for what is and gratitude for what will be as if it was already here. 
This is future pacing. This is going out beyond your desired wish, dream, or end result. And this is saying, my will be, my will has been done. My will shall be done. My will has come to pass. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's a few more little nuances here to this question. And I don't want it to sound like I'm just just whitewashing it and all you got to do is say thank you. Look, you know, pray to your angel, pray to God, pray to the tree, pray to, and I'm not trying to make light of that either. Um, You're a conscious creator and you create based on your focus. You don't even have to learn how to do that. Hence the gratitude, because you're already in the driver's seat. Everything's working out great. Everything's taking you higher. Everything's for you. But yes, you can spark a pattern interrupt, a new end result, a new dream with gratitude as if it already happened. And you can pray to whoever you feel. Uh, As I shared, I was raised a Catholic. It gives me great comfort in times of fear to pray to God Almighty. Uh, When I'm happy, it's a conversation with the universe. But when I'm scared, I get down on my knees and I genuflect and I pray to God. Okay, so to answer your question, pray to anyone you want. And I just did not long ago a 21-day adventure with Sonia Choquette. Um, Your sixth sense is your best sense, lady. She's all about intuition. She is all about hooking up with your spirit guides. And I asked her on behalf of a member participant, you know, do we pray to God? Do we pray to the universe? Do we pray to our guides? Do we pray to our angels? And she said, all of the above or none of the above, you're taken care of. But if you're going to be in a mode of prayer, and it is pure power to be in a mode of prayer because it acknowledges you are not alone. This is one of the greatest blessings of prayer. It acknowledges you are not alone. She said, wouldn't it be a little bit more fun to have a team of guides, to pray to your angels at times as well, and to sometime reach out to the big kahuna, the universe, the divine source energy. Why wouldn't you pray to all of them based on what you feel? You know, if it's a parking spot, you know, maybe it's an angel or maybe it's God. Or There's no limit. You're not asking for too much. Somebody asked me, so much has happened in my life and the angels have saved me so many times. I feel guilty asking for little things. Can I keep on asking? There's no limit. You came here with a team of angels. You wouldn't have come here without them. And your angels are employed. They're working on your behalf, whether you acknowledge them or not. But by acknowledging that you're not alone, through the act of prayer, through gratitude, reinforcing that everything is working out, thy will shall be done. One thing I often... uh, suggest when it comes to prayer is while it's beautiful in that it acknowledges you are not alone, old school prayer can be limiting because it implies that you don't decide. It implies that it's not just about you. It implies these other things that are totally bogus. It is about you. If you have a wish, it can come to pass. Do not, therefore, phrase your questions in, can I Will I? Should I? The the universe is like, you tell me. (laughs) Make up your mind. You can have it all. What is it you want? So, So I phrase that as, you know, don't pray in question marks. Pray in exclamation points. Hallelujah. So be it. Uh, cowabunga. Those are prayers. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ending in exclamation points. Those are prayers that imply that it has already happened. Now, of course, you can ask for more clarity. You can say, dear, dear God, please show me the way. Or you could think of a number of prayers that may actually end in a question mark um, that kind of leave the door open for greater clarity. That's okay. It's not a hard rule that you not pray in question marks. But if you're just kind of giving your power away, like, I don't know, can I, should I, will I? That, that's not uh, reflective of a good grip on understanding the nature of reality. You are pure God yourself. You are here to thrive. You are here to move in the direction of your dreams. You are here to understand that your thoughts become the things and events of your life. You are here to realize that the world is just more you. And so whatever it is you want, whoever you want to be, however you want to make it, you can do it. That's the lesson at hand. That's what we're doing here in these sacred jungles of time and space. And you're not alone. And you are more than you realize. And there are legions out there who are looking to help you when you help yourself. And one of the best ways you can help yourself is realize it's all working out so good. You are so adored. Uh, everything is being prepared for you. Uh, and it's not just things are good for you except those few lions and tigers and bears. Things are great for you in large part because of the lions and tigers and bears. Hallelujah, cowabunga, thank you God for my challenges that are taking me higher to a better place of greater clarity and more truth so that I will never have to cry a sad tear the rest of my life. That is inevitable. This is our destiny. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend, uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.